listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B. And this is episode number 70, Feeling Angry. So you guys, I know you're excited about this one, right? Like, doesn't everybody love to feel angry? I know. Actually, you know what? I know that some of you do. For lots of you, you're like, oh, okay, this is this is not a frightening topic. This isn't like a scary thing to talk about. This is... This is all good. I don't mind feeling angry. I feel angry a lot. Well, I will tell you that feeling angry is not my favorite. And today, today, just buckle up. I mean, really, this is the thing about today's episode of the Fitness Matters podcast, which by the way, is where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I'm Paula B. I'm your best middle-aged fitness friend. Sometimes I'm so eager to dive into the topic that I kind of forget to introduce it. But here's, here's the thing about feeling angry. Feeling angry is not my favorite. In fact, it is, I'm going to call it my least favorite feeling. And that really is what we're digging into today is feeling something that maybe you don't want to feel. And yet I tell you all the time to feel your feelings. We've talked about feelings before. I mean, way back in episode 39, we talked about the importance of feelings. That one was a little bit more positively like geared, like we talked a lot about how, how your feelings are important to get you where you want to go in terms of like getting your goal. This one, this one is a little bit kind of from the other angle, like the, the feelings episode 39, where, where we talked about generating good feelings to get where you want to go. This one sort of comes at it from a different angle of not avoiding bad, for lack of a better word, feelings that you don't want to feel because doing such a thing can actually block you from your goal. And in fact, we literally just talked about this, uh, what, five weeks ago when we were talking about having a bad day. And it's very interesting to me, really specifically, when I, when I was thinking about that episode, the message is very similar today. Very, very similar. This is something, you guys, that I struggle with. And I want to be really clear and really open and really honest with you that even though I have been working on my mindset and working on my thought work for years now, there are still layers to uncover. There are still things that I am discovering about myself and still ways in which I can practice what I tell you guys to do all the time. (laughs) Because some feelings are going to feel tough to feel. So having said that, let me actually issue a warning that I probably could have started with, but I didn't. So we are talking briefly. It is not the point of today's episode, but we are talking about grief. We are talking about death. We are talking about my sister. We are talking about my feelings and lots of them. And, and for some of you, that might not be where you want to be. It's, it's why I have given this whole long introduction about, about feelings you don't want to feel. I I do encourage you to feel the feelings that you don't want to feel, but I'm also never going to put you in a position where suddenly you are feeling things that you don't want to feel and you didn't have any prior warning. So here is your warning. As I stated, buckle up. We're digging in. So you guys, you guys, about a week ago, I was, I was doing some thought work as I do. And I sat down with my journal as I do, and I ask myself a question again, as I do, I was wondering, because this is something that this is actually something that I've been avoiding thinking about for a while, like for a long while, I've noticed that my running has changed. 
And if you don't know anything about me, if this happens to be, gosh, if this happens to be your first episode of the Fitness Matters podcast, you are going to learn so much about me today. <laughs> like you don't even know, but, but here's one thing. I love to run. Running is really important to me. It is a cornerstone of my life. It's, it's a way that I define myself and a way that I feel good about myself. And it's just, it's really important. I love to run. I love to race. It's, it's a huge part of who I am and who our family is and, and all of that. And I've noticed for a while that running has been more difficult for me. And And I've been kind of going back and forth about, you know, some of this is getting older. I'm 51. Of course, running was going to change over the course of my lifetime. And, and my, you know, my focus has shifted away from racing, especially in 2020 when all of my races were canceled except virtual ones, where I just, I kind of noticed that my enthusiasm is different than it used to be. And so I've been avoiding thinking about it because because I kind of didn't want to know. I kind of thought that maybe maybe something was going on and that that I didn't want to know. I just didn't want to know. But I sat down about a week ago and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to think what I think and I'm going to write down what I think and I'm going to figure out what's going on with me and running." So, so I sat down and I wrote at the top of the page, "How do I feel about running?" And here is the unedited everything that came out of my pen. You guys, this is, this is me journaling. I said, I'm afraid I do too much already and I want to do more. I'm sad that I'm always sore, but I don't do anything at all to alleviate soreness. I don't follow a plan because I don't know what to do and I don't want to know how much I'm doing or not doing. I wish it felt good all the time. I wonder if I'm just convincing myself that I can't do more, but also I'm afraid to do more. I miss feeling amazing about running. I miss feeling free. I think my body stopped loving running when Vicky died. I wonder if I'll ever feel that good again. I tell myself that I can't be on a plan because of my filming schedule, but I'm in charge of my filming schedule and I'm in charge of my running. I'm not being honest with myself about any of it and now I'm judging myself too. I would like to feel curious and open to choosing a better path. What's the resistance? And I will tell you just because I, I mean, I was there. So there's actually a lot of like white space on these journal pages because I was thinking a lot in between about how do I really feel about this? Do I believe this? Do I not believe this? I was asking myself more questions. And, and so when I asked myself, what's the resistance? I actually sat with that question for a while and what came to my brain and what wrote out of my pen was I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead. That was a really painful thought. <laughs> like, like it actually kind of made me cry a little bit right now too. I burst into tears actually when I wrote this down originally a week ago. I was so upset to, to think that, to feel that, to have that be in my head. And it felt so true. It felt so true. And to the aside, I will tell you that I have actually had this thought of, I can't enjoy fill in the blank if Vicky's dead about so many things. Vicky is my sister, by the way. I don't know if I actually said that out loud. 
So I've worked through this thought for my weight. I've worked through this thought about Christmas. I've worked through this thought about other holidays, my birthday, Thanksgiving, her birthday, my kids' birthdays, her kids' birthdays. Like I have worked through this thought so many times in so many ways. And I was a little surprised, truly, that it came to me about running. I mean, I didn't run with my sister. <laughs> my sister didn't run. She, she cared about it. Like she knew it was important to me. And so therefore it was important to her. Like she came to the finish line of lots of my races. She was very supportive of my running. So I knew, I actually did already know that I thought that about racing, that I knew that it was kind of hard for me to be at finish lines and to finish races because she wasn't there and because that was sad and those kinds of things. But so it was still, even though I have done this work, I've done this work about this exact thought in other areas, I was still super surprised to find this thought in my head. And of course, beyond being surprised, I was super, super sad. So, so what happens when I get to this point in my journaling? And I, we have talked about this actually. Um, was it just two weeks ago, finding your thoughts? In fact, I think that was the episode, um, finding your thoughts where I was talking about how, how this is what journaling is for. Like this is what we do. And so what I do when I find the thought is I try to follow it through to see what it is creating for me in my life. So I run it through the model. The model comes from Brooke Castillo, the life coach school. This is where I am in the process of, and almost completely finished with my certification to become a life coach. And so this tool is, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. I highly suggest that you use it in your own journaling. I've talked about it a couple of times. I don't remember I think it was probably the episode about how to change, which I don't remember what number that was off the top of my head. Episode 32, I just looked it up. Episode 32, how to change is where I believe I talked all about the model and, and gave you resources to go learn more from Brooke Castillo herself, because I mean, she, it's, this is what she does. <laughs> she explains the model. But anyways, when I find a thought, I run it through the model to see what it is creating for me. So the circumstance of this particular situation, now just to the aside, a circumstance is usually something very, very clear and specific and and very targeted to one particular moment in your life. So when I say that the circumstance in this particular model is running, generally speaking, if I were coaching you, I wouldn't let you get away with such a broad circumstance. Like we try really hard to have the circumstance be very narrow, very clear, very concise. But because I was doing a lot of thinking about just running in general, I'm going to go ahead and leave it here for now. This is not, this is not the cleanest model, but we're going to go ahead and go with it. So the circumstance is simply running and and running in my life. The thought I had was I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead. The feeling that that created for me, I actually sat with this for a while and it was a little bit difficult to figure out because immediately I was really sad, but I also realized that I felt guilt. And so I thought for a while about which one, which one I actually felt more of. Sometimes it can be very difficult to figure out exactly what the feeling is that comes from a thought and some thoughts 
can seem like they generate more than one feeling. But I will tell you that for the purposes of the model, we're trying to get a very clear and concise, teeny tiny slice of life, like like literally a slide that you would put under a microscope. Like that's how tiny this is. So you do need to pick just one feeling. And then I could have, I did not, but I could have gone back and run the model again with sad as my feeling, but I went ahead and went with guilt because I happen to know, because I do this for a living, (laughs) I happen to know that guilt was inspiring or driving lots of the actions that I was doing. The When you feel guilt, guilt, another word for guilt is cognitive dissonance, which is just a psychological term that means that you are holding or trying to hold two completely opposing beliefs at the exact same time. And your brain cannot do that. It just can't. I mean, it tries, but what you, what happens is exactly what I've already displayed here. I love running, but also running is hard. I love to think about running, but I also don't love to think about running. Like everything that I was writing down was just a hundred percent cognitive dissonance and guilt. So, so the feeling that I went with was guilt. The actions that were driven from this feeling of guilt was pretty much everything that we talked about already in in my journal entry about, you know, I don't follow a plan, but even but I want a plan, but I don't want to know how much I'm doing or not doing, but I do want to know because I need to know. Like all of that going back and forth and judging myself and not moving forward, like all of those actions that I've been doing for, let me be honest here years because this thought has been hidden in my brain. So those were all the actions. And then from those actions is where we can really see the result of what this is bringing into our lives. Like you can kind of, you can kind of get a a sense of what's going to happen when, when you hear a thought, like when I heard the thought, I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead. I knew what it was creating in my life. Like I I knew already what kind of a result that I was getting because I looked around my life and I saw that it was creating terrible results for me. But then when you can parse it down and figure out exactly what kind of feeling is being created from that thought and then really see all of the actions and inactions that are flowing from that feeling, it became incredibly clear to me that the result that that thought I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead is creating in my life is basically that running is dead to me too. I'm, I'm going nowhere with it. I'm, I'm sitting in this constant back and forth that I can't enjoy running, but I want to enjoy running. I can't move forward with it, but I can't stop. I can't feel better about it, but I feel terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck in this place that I have created for myself with this thought that I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead. So you may be wondering why the title of this episode is feeling angry. (laughs) Well, here's what happened. Here's what I know about finding your thoughts. When you find your thoughts, you need to simply sit with them. I know lots of us, myself included, I started my thought work by trying to jump immediately into a happier thought. Lots of us would find this thought and think to ourselves, okay, but what's something else I can think instead, right? Like, isn't that where you're going? Like immediately in your mind, like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. That's so, that's so terrible. It's creating a terrible result in your life. Let's fix it. But here's what I have learned during my six months of training of becoming a life coach is that the most powerful thing that you can do 
is simply be where you are. Notice where you are. Like when I realized that I am creating the result that running is dead to me too, that was, that was hugely powerful. That was like eye opening. It it was really astounding to me that I created that in my life from that thought. So I didn't do anything else with it. I let it sit and ruminate and just, I tried to just be in that model, in that thought and that feeling and understanding those actions and understanding the result. So I went to bed because I generally speaking, I, I used to journal first thing in the morning and I've actually found that it's really, really helpful to journal at night before I go to sleep. And that's a whole nother topic. But anyway, I went to bed and I woke up the next day and, and I felt kind of agitated and I wasn't really sure what was going on. And I'm, the model was still in my mind about, you know, my thought that I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead and the result that running is dead to me too. And I knew that that was kind of on my mind, you know, as, as it would be for anybody who had just discovered this result that they are creating for themselves in their lives. But I, you know, I tried to go about my day. I was, you know, I got up, I, I got on the treadmill, I started doing some work and I just didn't feel great. And somewhere around the middle of the morning, I found myself, and this is always such an interesting thing to think, but I found myself heading to the pantry and just eating. And this is not something I do very often, you guys. Like, like it's not, it, it's not that it never happens, but this is super rare. And this particular I'm going to call it a binge. It was not a binge. I was actually very open to being curious about what was going on here. And I didn't, I didn't eat a lot more than I normally would, but it was not what I normally would have eaten. So I guess a better way of saying it would be that I ate off of my norm. I just, I didn't feel in control of it. I think that was the biggest difference. It wasn't even that I was eating different or that I was eating like more or anything like that. I just didn't feel in control of it. It didn't feel like a choice. It felt like a compulsion. And that, that really sparked me to be very curious about it. I was like, okay, what is going on here? And then because that kept me open and engaged with, okay, how am I feeling? What am I trying not to feel right now? Because when I know that, again, this is the thing about being a life coach. (laughs) I know what this is coming from. When you find yourself doing something that you aren't intending to do, or you find yourself not doing something that you do intend to do, there's a feeling you're trying not to feel. Like, just let me tell you straight up. This is, this is the truth. So I was like, what am I not trying to feel? What do I, what am I feeling here? What am I resisting feeling? What am I avoiding feeling? What's going on? Came up with nothing. My brain was offering me nothing at all. So I kept just kind of trying to lean into it. And then I found myself on my phone. (laughs) I was playing games. I didn't really feel like stopping. And again, it kind of felt like a compulsion. And I was like, okay, there's definitely something I'm trying not to feel here. But my brain just wasn't giving it up. It just wouldn't show me what was going on. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to not judge myself for this. I'm staying really open. I'm staying really curious. I don't know what I'm trying hard not to feel. 
kept going on about my day, finished playing my games, and then opened up a book that I had just gotten from the library and proceeded to read the entire book that day <laughs> rather than doing any of the work that was on my calendar, rather than even paying attention to my husband or engaging in conversations or engaging in my life, quite frankly. And I mean, I love to read. Reading is very pleasurable. It's very relaxing. I enjoy it. I can absolutely, it was a very good book. I can absolutely get involved in a good book. But the whole time I was reading, I was like, I'm trying to avoid feeling something. <laughs> like, like I still knew that it was, it was more it was more coming from the back of my brain. This was definitely an avoidance behavior rather than a, I mean, it was a seeking pleasure behavior. I, it was absolutely trying to seek pleasure and avoid pain, the pain of whatever feeling I was trying not to feel and the pleasure of simply not thinking about it. So my, my mentor, Brooke Castillo, again, who created the model, calls this buffering. It's an interesting word, but I wanted to explain to you what buffering is before I told you the word because you might not, you might not know. So I spent literally the entire day buffering. I, I simply did not do anything that I had intended to do. I did all kinds of things that I did not intend to do. And interestingly, I went to bed that night without journaling because I knew that there was something that I didn't want to feel. And so I, I went to bed and I was just, and I kept telling myself, I'm open, I'm curious, but I wasn't really very open or very curious. I, I knew that there was something waiting for me in there. So the next day, this was crazy. I, I did not sleep especially well. I got up the next morning and I, um, I you know, made breakfast for my husband and I was going to go on with my day. And I was like, you know what? I am really tired. I went back to bed. <laughs> this is something I never do, like never do. And I was like, there was a part of me that was like, you're still avoiding feeling your feelings, Paula. But I was like, you know what? I'm legitimately tired. I'm actually going to go to sleep for another hour or two. Went back to sleep for another three hours, interestingly. Got up and thought, you know what? It's light outside. Let me go for a run. This is something that helps me pretty frequently, you guys. When I can do something very meditative and absolutely autopilot, like I don't have to think about what I'm doing, it's where I can actually do a lot more thinking. Journaling is really good for this too, but sometimes I find the thoughts in my head when I'm running. This is one of those times. I realized that I had been thinking, of course, about that thought I can't enjoy running if Vicky's did. I had been thinking about that result that I had created for myself that running is dead for me too. And I realized that, that there was something else there. Now, I will tell you, for those of you who, who care about the mechanics of this, generally speaking, in the model, a circumstance is something that happens like out in the world that we don't have any control over that is completely neutral. Like it's, it's factual. It's just a thing. And then we have a thought about it. And this is why we do the model is because we have a thought about it that creates feelings. The feelings drive our actions and then our actions get us our results. So generally speaking, a thought or a result isn't going to necessarily go in the circumstance line unless we can realize that it is neutral and factual. But what was happening here is I was having more thoughts about that thought. I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead. So, so I moved the, that original thought, I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead, up into the circumstance line because it was a true fact, not 
Not that I can't enjoy running the Vicky's Dead, but a true fact that I thought that. So the circumstance in this case, I'm parsing that out for you because it is completely neutral that I thought that. The thought itself, not completely neutral. That thought itself created all kinds of feelings for me, but, but the fact that I thought it is what I'm putting into the circumstance line because then I had a thought about the fact that I had that thought. And my thought about that thought, if you're still following me, is I've ruined everything. Now, how's that for some self-judgment? Goodness gracious. And that thought, I've ruined everything, made me furious. I was so angry, I couldn't even name it. I spent, what would that have been, uh, 24, like 36 hours feeling, or rather avoiding feeling, anger because I I couldn't even put a name to it. I couldn't even acknowledge that I was feeling it. So then we're going to take a little side trip here. This is, this is very brief, but it's really important because not only was I having thoughts about the thought that I can't enjoy running if Vicky's dead, but I also had a thought about the feeling of anger. is why sometimes our situations feel so complicated. I'm going to take a a quick little side trip to show you what that thought, I hate feeling angry, is bringing to me in my life. Because when I could not even acknowledge that I was angry, as soon as I even heard the word anger in my head, the first thing I thought was, I hate feeling angry. Here's what that creates for me. I hate feeling angry is a thought, by the way, not a fact. I know lots of us think that we are simply just broadcasting the news when we tell somebody else, oh yeah, I hate feeling angry, or I don't like broccoli, or, or whatever it is. I, I, I have a hard time exercising. We think we're just stating a fact, not a fact. It's a thought. My thought is I hate feeling angry. And that thought, interestingly, creates a feeling of fear. In me, And there are lots of reasons, which is a whole like third digression, but I'm going to try and keep it right here for you. I fear that, that I will behave in an angry manner, that I will lash out in anger. And that's why that sentence, I hate feeling angry, creates fear in me. And let me tell you something. When I am afraid, I do things like avoiding. I do things like, hey, what did we already talk about? I go to the pantry. I read an entire book. I end up not doing my work. Like all of those buffering behaviors was what I created, what was driven by that feeling of fear. I was avoiding, resisting, ignoring, distracting myself. And interestingly, the result that I get from that in my life, that thought, I hate feeling angry, creates the result of always being a little bit angry because I'm not being true to myself. That that is something that I am still really sitting in, but let's come back to not the original model, but the other model about how I had the thought I've ruined everything. That thought I've ruined everything made me furious. 
furious at myself, at the result, at my sister for dying, at running, at racing, at the world. I was so angry, so angry. And the actions, again, with the buffering and the not wanting to feel and the avoiding and the ruminating of, I don't want to be angry. I hate being angry, but here we go. I'm going to try to feel angry, but I don't want to feel angry. And not unsurprisingly, the result that that brings to me is that I am ruining everything. Now, everything is a very subjective word. This is not a great result, but here's what I want to point out to you. My thought was I have ruined everything. And that's what created anger for me. Listen to that thought. I have ruined everything. That is actually talking about the past, things that have already happened. They're already ruined what I create as the result of that thought is that I am currently in this moment ruining everything. I am creating the thing that I thought. So here's what I did with that information. <laughs> I. I had a lot in my head, as you can imagine, as, as I have described to you. There was, there was a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and some of them I didn't want to feel. Most of them I didn't want to feel, and some of them I did. I was, I was actually, it was really interesting to me. When I, when I sat down with the original journal entry and cried, I was like, oh, here it is. I'm sad. Okay. I was a little bit relieved. You guys, I have no problem feeling sad. I could feel sad all day. I don't. I actually feel lots of different feelings over the course of a day. And that is where we're going with this, by the way. Spoiler alert. That is the point of not avoiding your feelings is because I spent the entire day trying not to feel something that would have come and gone in like a minute and a half. But so the sadness totally dissipated. I went to bed and I was like, oh, I found the thought. I found the sadness. Okay, we're good here. And then... I spent 36 hours trying not to feel that other thing (laughs) that when I sat down and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually feel anger. Here's, Here's what I have discovered about feeling angry. It feels terrifying because of that thought, I hate feeling angry. So I allowed myself to feel that fear before I tried to introduce the anger. Feeling angry scares me, and so I have to acknowledge that first. I'm actually pretty used to feeling fear now. Fear is something that I have worked through enough that starting with that almost felt like a warm-up. It felt like, okay, okay, fear, heart is pounding, here we go, mouth is a little bit dry, I can do this. I know that fear in and of itself is something that I will survive. I have, I have felt fear and done things anyways. So here I am feeling the fear and now I'm going to allow myself to feel the anger. So when I allowed myself to feel the anger, what I did was I put myself in a very like quiet place. I made sure that there was nobody else around and I just started thinking the thought I've ruined everything. And I allowed that anger to just bubble up in me. And I sat 
and noticed that my heart was pounding, that my mouth felt dry, that I was sweating profusely. I was probably red-faced, that it felt very pulsing and angry. It felt very big. It felt very uncontrollable. And while I was noticing all of those things, I kept telling myself over and over, this is anger. This is what anger feels like. What I'm feeling right now is anger. And I think that that might be the piece that is most helpful for you when you are allowing yourself to feel a feeling that you, for example, hate feeling, (laughs) first of all, is to acknowledge that even that thought, I hate feeling, whatever it is that you don't think you can feel, acknowledge that that is part of the problem of feeling the feeling. And then when you can allow yourself to feel the feeling that you think you hate to feel, simply notice what it feels like in your body Really focus your brain to the point where you can describe it in great detail. Like this is the color red. It has sharp stabbing edges to it. It feels like it's filling up my entire body. Like whatever it is that it feels like in your body can actually really anchor you to a reality. My fear, as I said, is that I will react in anger, that I will shout or that I will throw something or break something or hurt somebody's feelings or say something mean or, I mean, you name it. Think of any kind of a behavior that you see that you're like, oh, that's because somebody is angry. Those are the behaviors that I try to resist and avoid. But those behaviors don't actually have to Well, I mean, they do come from anger, but they don't have to be part of feeling angry. You can feel angry and and sit in your chair. You can, I can feel angry and sit still. I can feel angry in my body without doing something angry. That was probably the biggest revelation for me and something that I am just really starting to scratch the surface of in my own thought work. And that's why I wanted to share it with you because I know, I know that lots of us really struggle with feeling certain feelings. And if it is anger, really specifically, I will tell you, you don't have to behave the way that you think angry people behave. If you are worried about feeling sad because, oh, if somebody's really sad and they're crying hysterically and they seem so weak or they seem so whatever it is, whatever behavior you don't want to have in yourself, you don't have to act like that just because you feel a feeling. You can feel a feeling and not do anything from it. You can simply notice and process the feeling. And then I will tell you, when I allowed myself to feel this anger, it went away. It did not take 36 hours. The 36 hours was me avoiding feeling the feeling. The feeling itself, I think, oh my gosh, I didn't time it. 
I think it was probably somewhere in the three to five minutes range. I, it, it lasted longer than I expected it to. It lasted longer than the sadness did. The sadness, again, because I'm so used to feeling that, I didn't resist it at all. It came on, I cried, it was done and gone in probably probably less than a minute, truly, because I've gotten really practiced at feeling sadness and letting myself just process it right away. Like, here it comes. Okay. This is sadness. Okay. Okay. What next? (laughs) And that is how you can feel about anything. I will tell you, I will be your, your guiding light here because, because this is something that I, I really was struggling to work with. I was struggling to understand it. I was struggling to allow myself to start feeling feelings that I am afraid of, that I hate, that I don't like, that I struggle with, however you want to say it. But when you just allow yourself to feel, it's all you do. You just feel. And then, and then you go on. Now, I know that some of you might be thinking, "Mm, Paula, I've tried this before, and what happens is that I end up feeling it a lot. Like, I'll feel it again and again and again and again and again. I will tell you, your body cannot actually sustain feeling one, like a big emotion for a very long time. What's happening when you feel it again is you're thinking that thought again. And that means that you just get to process it again. You just go ahead and allow yourself to feel it again. If you have a thought such as, this is going to last forever, or I don't have the time for this, or I can't do this right now, these are all things that I have thought to myself, what you are actually doing is simply prolonging your own misery. You are spending time in that resistance mode that makes it feel worse. When you think, I can't feel, whatever, fill in the blank, you actually prolong the feeling of that thing. This is, this is my big lesson to myself and to you. When you have a feeling, feel it. Even if it doesn't feel convenient, even if it feels scary, even if it feels overwhelming, even if it feels whatever else you feel, those are all other thoughts. You can find them too. And then just Allow yourself to feel what you feel. Describe it in your body. Remind yourself in words, I am feeling whatever it is that you're feeling. You guys. Okay, that was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot today. It was a lot to take in as far as like the mechanics of walking through your thoughts and how they create your feelings and the actions that come from them and the results that you create in the world. And, and I understand how, how big this can feel. I will tell you that this is all, this is all something that is available to you with practice. Practice writing down your thoughts. Practice noticing what feelings it creates for you. Practice following it all the way through and seeing what results you're getting in your life because of your thoughts and your feelings. Practice feeling what you feel. (sighs) You guys, I hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great week. I hope you share with me (laughs) what it is that you've been avoiding trying to feel. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. 
So are you totally loving this mindset work and you really want to do it like, you know, every day in order to get your goal? Then my friend, you need to join the Get Your Goal group. It is my personal and private, very interactive coaching and accountability group where every day we talk about your mindset and we get your goal. You can learn all about it at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. I'll see you in the goal group.